Good evening, everyone. We start today's episode on a somber note. Last Wednesday, the soccer community lost one of its greats in Diego Armando Maradona. No words I can say will ever be able to give this man what's deserved. As a young fan not yet born in his heyday, the matches I have spent hours watching were absolutely marvelous. The small Argentine midfielder that conquered Argentina, Italy, and eventually the world in 1986, scoring two of the most famous goals in soccer history in the span of only five minutes. Gone too soon, Diego Maradona, dead at 60. Now to get into the nitty gritty, you guys. Uh, we, we took a little bit of a week off with Thanksgiving. Um, so we've got a lot of matches to cover in a short amount of time. We've got the UEFA Champions League match day four. A lot of games went on there and over the weekend through Germany, England, and Italy. Also, the United States has announced their roster for the, uh, the big match against El Salvador next week. All MLS players besides one. And we're also going to talk MLS. And we're going to end this with a little preview for the UEFA matches that are coming on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. So, David, I'll let you kick this off with, uh, with some news from the Champions League. Uh, yeah, so... Last week in the Champions League, the biggest news coming out of that was Sergino Dest's first goal for Barcelona um, in what was kind of a tight matchup through the first half. And Sergino Dest, uh, Barcelona did win 4 nothing. However, he did score that first goal, which was technically the go-ahead goal and the winning goal to uh, give Barcelona the one nothing uh, lead uh, in, what, the 56th minute, I believe? Yeah, um, it was a little crazy because, you know, if you're if you're sitting there and, and you maybe you didn't catch the game and you kind of just caught some highlights or you wanted to read up on it, uh, you're going to see a 4 nothing Barcelona win. Um, yeah. But what, what actually happened was it was nil-nil uh, almost an hour into this game. And Diego uh, – and uh, sorry, Sergino Dest made an awesome run into the box and was able to yeah. put a left-hand – Yeah, it, it's, and it was crazy because the shot – I mean, he did not really have a good angle on the shot, but it was just a well-struck ball – uh, you know, a low driven right hard to the ground, right to the back post, right into the net. And, and the first American ever to score for Barcelona also becomes the 10th U.S. MNT player to score in the Champions League now. Um, so that's just Sergio Dest, you know, uh, making breaking records, just like, you know, Giovanni Reno and Christian Pulisic. There will be many more records for him to break. Um, to, to keep it on the Barcelona side. Uh, Conrad uh, De La Fuente also made his Barcelona debut in the Champions League. Coming Big Conrad. On, yeah, coming in in the 83rd minute. And it, it was kind of like a dream at times. I, when you're watching that game, you, there was a couple times where Conrad and Des were leading an attack for Barcelona. Like mm -hmm. Those two were running down together, Pat, you know, doing a little give and go, and you're just like, what is happening? Yeah, you're we're sitting here like, as American never... fans, and two of 11 players are from the United States on the Barcelona. Yeah, playing for Barcelona. It's, it was insane, but yeah, I mean, it, that's a great moment for Conrad, and after the game, you know, he was real thankful, and he's, you know, tweeting out and putting on Instagram, and so Gino Des is the first one to congratulate him. That's just great to see that they're real close together because, you know, Sergino Dest is practically the game in, game out, starting right back now. And mm -hmm. it's just great to see that they have a great connection and hopefully eventually we'll get to see Conrad get that playing time like Sergino Dest did. But it, it was definitely a special moment for him to appear for Barcelona. Um, and Conrad, he was the seventh American to play in the UCL this season. And then uh, shortly after that, we had um, Chris Richards getting his uh, – first start for a Bayern I, I don't know I, I didn't see any whispers of this happening and yeah all of a sudden kinda, two o'clock yeah, so he started he played at left back he wasn't in the center back position so they had him out at left back with Jordi Alba at center back um 
I thought he played well though. Like his first his first game in uh, UCL. Uh, now he's the eighth American in the season uh, to play in in UCL matches now, uh, which is the record. The previous record was from the 04-05 season when we had six uh, players on the team. But uh, yeah, Richards came in, uh, played well, and and same with Conrad. I mean, I know they they must be feeling great, especially after having their first national team call-ups, both of them, just last month, or you know, just a couple weeks ago, and now being able to start or and get quality playing time in the Champions League, that it must feel great for them. Yeah, it, for sure, it was uh, quite a, quite a sight to see. But let's throw it around. Uh, just a couple quick little tidbits from match day four. Um, Zach Steffen, um, Tyler Adams, and Christian Pulisic all uh, did not play in their games. Adams and Steffen were um, were on the bench. Um, Pulisic, we didn't really expect to go in this. We talked uh, honestly for a while that that Tottenham game seemed to be what they were eyeing, and uh, we'll get to our weekend preview shortly where he did eventually play in that. Uh, Gio Reyna plays 80 minutes against Brew. Doesn't get a goal or or an assist, but you know, keeps the attack going in in a game that uh, Dortmund won pretty handedly, in my opinion. Um, and Weston McKinney plays a great uh, great 62 minutes against Ferenc Virus. Yeah, uh, first American to start for an Italian club in the UCL, also. So, like I said, this golden generation of all this young talent. I mean, they're they're bre- breaking and setting records every game, uh, every week. It seems like. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a good good match day for uh, Chelsea came away with the win and uh, actually clinched their spot for the round of 16, so I was happy to see that. Uh, well, let's take it into the, the weekend that we just had passed. Started off with a banger of a match on uh, Black Friday, uh, Wolfsburg against Bremen. Yeah, it did. I definitely did. Uh, John Brooks came away with what appeared, uh, you know, we can say it's a brace, right? You would consider <laughs> he had two goals. One was for the other team, uh, but John Brooks did score. A, uh, he he did have that header off the corner kick, which kind of gave me gave me a little reminder, a little uh, flashback to the 2014 World Cup, that game-winning go- uh, header he had off the corner when he straight into the ground, into the net. But, yeah, John Brooks has been excellent this season uh, for Wolfsburg. He's not missed a single minute in uh, the Wolfsburg's lineup. He is the main reason why they have still yet to lose a match. I think he is the match. only player in the league to do that. Um, I'll have to double-check that stat, but I believe I did read that. Yeah. He's the only one to play every single minute for his team. And in, here they are still sitting undefeated. Yeah, the only team in, in the Bundesliga that has not lost the game all season. Uh, that, and that, that definitely says something. And they finally got their goals. So uh, I think that may yeah. have even doubled their goal tally on the season. Then yeah, they, there's a lot of zero zeros, one zeros, two ones, and they get five out of nowhere. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, and it was a great way to kick off the weekend. And if you ha- guys had a holiday break, uh, it was an aw- awesome game to just relax uh, midday on Friday and enjoy. Yeah. Uh, well, let's take it through the rest of uh, the MLS of, uh, of the of Europe. That is Germany. Uh, Red Bull uh, beats uh, Armenia two to one. Adams plays a full ninety, which was good to see um, him coming off of the uh, injury. And obviously, injury's not bugging him anymore if you go a full ninety. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely great to see him back, um, getting some quality times. Um, he 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 is a great player, and obviously the injury kept him out for a couple weeks, and it's just great to see him back getting some quality uh, game time right now. Totally agree. Uh, and then elsewhere in Germany, Richards, uh, we weren't expecting in, in Bayern's game over the weekend for an injury that uh, he may have caught in that uh, Champions League match. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um Plus, with him just playing in Champions League, he did, uh, he didn't play a full ninety. He did start. He played a good amount of time. Um, so most likely, that's the reason why we didn't see him on the weekend uh, roster because he had played in Champions League. There, 
if he did pick up an injury, they're not really trying to push him. Uh, yeah, for sure. Too much. For sure. Um, and Reina's, uh Reina comes in against Cone. Yeah. Uh, they're down Super two sad. nothing when Reina comes in late. Um, yeah. And he adds a spark to the offense. Uh, it wasn't just him. They have a young starlet 16-year-old who's absolutely insane and one of the best 16-year-olds I've ever seen play. Um, yeah. But Reina does bag an assist to uh, Thorgan Hazard uh, with about 15 minutes to go, and you thought that they were going to get another goal. But, uh, you know, yeah, Reina gets the ball and beautiful little slide pass um, and puts it on a silver platter for Hazard to finish. Yeah, it, it was great. Um, Gio Reina is – the only person in the top five and assists that's a teenage or like in the top 10, that's a teenager in the Bundy's league. He, he's tied for second. He has five assists in what nine matches in Bundy's mm-hmm. league right now. Um, so he's playing excellent. Uh, and especially with him as playing that cam position, you know, can uh, attacking mid position, those assists is what you're looking for out of that position. And mm-hmm. it's just great to see him being able to contribute to that many goals for his club right now. Yeah, and even with how um with how tight Colm was playing after getting that two no win, it it was a uh, quite a sight to see for him to be able to find the space to make yeah uh, to get, first of all to get open to receive the pass that he did and then find hazard for the goal yeah laid well. off the perfect layoff yeah yeah it was great and we'll give a little shout out to Hope um from Schalke um it was rumored that he might get on the um get on the roster against um, Borussia Mönchengladbach over the weekend and all of a sudden he's starting at the uh, at the nine so. Uh, he plays 81 minutes. Schalke loses again. Uh, they haven't won in almost a calendar year, I think, at this point. Yeah, they are dead last in the Bundesliga. Um, it, it's it's terrible, honestly. I know the players are fed up with it. I know the coaches are fed up with it. Um, hopefully, we can see him turn it around. Yeah, uh, but it's I, nice I to see it, Hope get that start because uh, he he literally just got pulled up to the first team a week ago and the mm-hmm. same week he gets pulled up he's starting and bunnies like and that just shows how, how you know how how highly they think of him yeah. pull him straight up to the first team like hey by the way you're starting right now For and sure. uh, i know it was funny i saw uh, shaka's twitter account was uh, you know putting some memes out they uh, they had the little simpsons meme where uh he's coming out of the bushes he's like and they're like yeah the uh, usmnt fans uh uh shaka fans coming out of nowhere <laughs> it was just you know yeah, they're and, back. <laughs> McKinney yeah. is left up, but we're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, McKinney leaves, and now you got another uh, United States player over there. So, you know, that's definitely an- that's another team over there in the Bundesliga got to keep watching. It seems like there's a bunch of teams over there now that has. And with know. how bad Schalke is being, I'm sure they're going to give young guys some player- some playing time. So we definitely. could see him getting a fair amount of time over there. Yeah. Uh, but let's take it out of Germany and go elsewhere. England, uh, Pulisic plays 15 minutes against Spurs in a snooze fest of a nil-nil match. Some yeah. – I've said this before on this podcast – some nil-nil matches are just a joy to watch, and it's great defense and it's great goalkeeping. And this was, I'm not going to score, and you're not going to score, and that's all it was. Chelsea yeah. held the ball for most of the game. Um, Spurs had pretty much everybody defending inside the 18, uh, and that was what happened for 90 minutes. Pulisic came in with 15 minutes ago, and it didn't seem like he had any space to work around anything. Uh, he might have touched the ball two or three times. He had one chance inside the box where he beat a defender and tried to cross it in, and I think it got deflected out for a corner. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do much. I mean, they weren't getting him the ball. There, there was no attack going on. Like you said, a zero-zero draw. It was passing around the back defensive, the whole defensive time game. Much. Passed around the back. There was really no attacking threat. Uh, Giroud had a chance uh, towards the end of the game. They hit a little volley on. Uh, kind of missed it um but other than that there's nothing really to talk about with that 
Yeah, but the other game in England, a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so actually not a couple hours ago, this, this match finished. Uh, it was a midday Monday game. Uh, Anthony Robinson starts at left wing back, not left back. How we've been saying that we think he might be better suited at left wing back. Yeah, running a five back to where if he goes up to attack, it, it's not on him to get all the way back because you have three center backs that are staying back there. So he has the availability to go up and act like a left winger and then he has the speed and the deep you know the defensive capabilities to get back and help on the defensive side yeah um they they beat leicester city leicester city 2-1 out of nowhere and you know fulham is they were in the battle for almost last place a couple weeks ago and you know trying to stay out of relegation zones and now they're picking up points um and important that, and matches i mean this is somewhere where nobody thought they were going to get points so these are three yeah. points added to let's just say their predicted uh final tally and it's big because three, exactly. three points against a team like uh like leicester could be what keeps you in the premier League, getting relegated exactly and as a usmnt fan um it looks to me like three points that could keep uh, Anthony Robinson on a Premier League squad because yeah. if Fulham goes down, who knows if he stays with them? Who you know, he goes in limbo a little bit because when you go down, you sell a lot of your players that are Premier League talent, and mm-hmm. they stay in. He stays up. He probably stays there and still has a starting left back. Yeah, spot I mean, he's now had seven starts for Fulham this season, and I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, if you are a day in and day out starter in the Premier League, it doesn't matter what team it is you're, you're going to have a shot to play for the national team. Mm-hmm. The same thing was happening with Yedlin when Yedlin was starting day in and day out for uh, Newcastle United. You know, Yedlin was a starting right back. And now we see uh, Robinson starting almost, it looks like every single game now for mm-hmm. uh, Fulham. And, and that's just wonderful for him. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to take it out of England and bring it over to Spain really quick. Uh, Musa starts for um, for uh, Valencia against Atletico Madrid in a zero a nil one loss, where the only goal scored was an own goal by Valencia. Uh, mm-hmm. That's obviously an upsetting way to lose a match. Um, it yep. is what it is. Musa, uh, you know, was pretty well. I thought um, obviously he didn't create any um, any goals, but he created chances. He's um, you know a tough but quick midfielder that is uh bringing a lot to that Valencia squad that um they kind of needed they've I, from years that I've watched them uh I've always thought they kind of needed more pace and Musa brings that definitely yeah um it's great to see him playing well um Sergino Des also started had another start for Barcelona obviously with uh Roberto being out with an injury probably for um two three months is what they're saying uh you can expect Des to pretty much be starting every single game right now right back for barcelona yeah but um, i do like that he started and he got subbed out the same thing that happened in the champions league you know so if he's playing yep. an hour to 75 minutes that will keep him fresh and we'll mm-hmm. continue seeing him in these starting roles i will get to the champions league um preview a little bit later um but i don't expect him to start that match against Ferenc virus but uh, like I said, that we'll we'll get there later. I want to kind of take this into the uh, to the MLS playoffs that is just continuing on and continuing to give us shockers and to give us exciting matches. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. If you want to kick us off with those three round of sixteen games that we didn't get to touch on last week. Yeah. So we had which game? Let me. I know we had the Orlando City game. Yeah, well, so first we had the, the Nashville match uh, over Toronto. Oh, yeah, shocker. Nashville over Toronto. Yeah, that the definite shocker. You know, we, we expected Toronto. And I, I was watching that game. Toronto had chances to score. They, they just couldn't seem to find the back of the net. Um, 
the Nationals defense proved to be the difference maker. Obviously, they have Walker Zimmerman, who was on the the best 11 for, you know, the MLS team of the year. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a big part onto how they kept the clean sheet. Yeah. But Toronto had their chances. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've talked about Nashville's defense before. Um, it's sure. something that keeps them going. And they don't, act, they don't uh, have the roster like a lot of these other MLS teams do with, no, like, well-known players. And, you know, they do the, the hard work and they uh, get a well-deserved win over Toronto, I thought. But uh, the bigger uh, shocker, I thought, was the New England Revolution coming out of nowhere and beating the Union, who they've played five or six times this year and hadn't beaten them yet. Yeah, uh, New England Revolution, uh, their you know, manager, Bruce Arenas, uh, the former United States uh, manager um, before Berhalter took over. Um, it was crazy because uh, both Nashville and um, New England, they, they were in those play-in games. Uh, Nashville won their play-in game against Miami. Uh, 3-0 and then New England winning 2-1 against Montreal and now with the biggest upset so far in the playoffs uh, beating the number one uh, they beat the number one seed Philadelphia which was definitely a shocker um, we thought Philly definitely have a star power to win that match and win the whole thing I think yeah. that was one of your choices a lot of people were predicting them to win the yeah the, to win the whole thing I and mean, that was honestly my prediction to see Philly uh, actually win win the whole uh, the whole thing this year um and uh, so we closed out last weekend with that really late uh, Seattle game where um, mm-hmm. LAFC, they got their goal. Um, but honestly, besides the one goal, they didn't deserve much more than that. Seattle was the, the, obviously the better team through the entire match. And yeah. beat, uh, finally a healthy LAFC team, three to one. Uh, but that takes us to the quarterfinals where we got two matches yesterday, which were both uh, pretty exciting. Orlando uh, upsets you a little bit there, David, don't, don't they? And lose to New England Revolution. So New England keeps it going. Yeah, New England kept it going after upsetting the number one seed. Now they're beating the number four seed in Orlando. Um, it, I, in watching the game, it, it was Orlando got a red card in this early in the second half, so they were playing ten men, which you know that's going to put anyone at a disadvantage. And for people who claim that was not a red card, uh, it was a dirty tackle. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, studs straight up into the back of the leg. Like if you come in studs up like that. No I'm attempt fighting. to go for the ball. It's gonna be a red card every time. Like, yeah, like, and I don't understand why you see people on social media. Oh, that's not a red card. That's a soft tackle. I'm like, his studs are straight up into the back he of his leg. He was nowhere near the ball, and not, it wasn't no, like, he I wasn't just hit him. Had no it, intent it, to go for the ball. Like thick skin, literally. Like, so I mean, you have that, and then Orlando's down two to one, and probably what the 80th minute, and Nani ha- and Daryl DK earns a penalty kick, and Nani steps up to take it, and. Let's be honest, it was not a good penalty kick. It wasn't down the middle, but it was not into the corner. Um, New England's keeper dives the right way, um, makes the save. Yeah. And that, I think right there, that kind of ended Orlando's chance because you're playing one man down. If you can make that penalty kick and get tied up two to two, and get it to extra there, time, honestly. You know they were going to try to hold on to that tie. Yeah. You know, they're going to try to get that into extra time, try to go for pins. They missed that. And then uh, eventually, New England comes down, scores the third goal, and put, puts the match away. Um, but it, it definitely uh, – it was New England definitely played a good match. Uh, they deserved the win. But it was, it, I think it, it was equally as much as Orlando beating themselves as it was New England beating them. I, I totally agree. But, you know, uh, big shout-out there to Bruce Arena, just keeping it going for the revolution. Uh, yeah. And then also we had the Columbus crew beating Nashville 2-0 after extra time. And Zardes is the man yes, of the match? Yeah, yes, he's Zardes. Um, an assist and a goal in extra time uh, to give them the 2-0 uh, win. That, that's a player that you would expect to be in this uh, 
you know, the USMNT squad that we're, you know, going to talk about in a couple of minutes. Um, obviously, he will not be in this squad uh, with, you know, his team still being in the playoffs. And we'll kind of just say that's going to be the same um, with Jordan Morris, it looks like right now, with mm-hmm. Seattle still being in the playoffs. Obviously, they do play FC Dallas tomorrow. So maybe if Seattle were to lose that, they could potentially bump Jordan Morris into that squad or is that now does that on. bump Jordan Morris into the squad and take someone off or you think they yeah, just that, that, that's interesting down. so I don't I don't know if they'll expand the squad to go to like 23 players or 24 players or if they would take I don't think they're going to take someone off like I think the people who were announced on the squad I don't think it would be the right thing to take someone off like that um so I would assume they would just add an extra player to the squad I totally that agree would, I mean a lot of these guy. guys I don't think are expecting to play no, uh, especially with just one match. It's it's more or less just getting in there, um, getting some training time, being able to see Burlhalter's system, what Burlhalter likes, just getting a chance to meet Burlhalter mm-hmm. and uh, be, being able to get a chance to train with the, with the staff. That's more more or less what we're going to – majority of these players are going to be uh, see. But I would say, um, you know, the Seattle and FC Dallas game will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Obviously, they play uh, tomorrow uh, and then – the last game of the conference semifinals will be December 3rd. That's going to be Sporting KC against Minnesota. Uh, so that will be uh, the last game to be uh, looking forward to. That'll also be, I think, a, a nice match. I, I'm kind of pulling for um, the CS Seattle-Minnesota final. I think that'll be like the, you know, the Seattle's the cream of the crop. They've been around for a long time. And Minnesota's these new guys that are really, really good squad. Um, and they're tough and they play really good defense. Seattle, I think, is all attack. And that'll be an excellent match to to take in hopefully next weekend um, where we've already got uh, awesome Columbus crew versus New England Revolution game set up. Yeah. I mean, last thing I'll say about that Seattle game, uh, Jordan Morris looked uh, excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he had a goal and assist. He should have had two goals and two assists. Um, he, had, he had a pass across where a player hit it off the post, and then he had another shot literally right in front of goal, and he just uh, he tried to curl it back post and just went wide. Um, he's looking really good lately. At the, oh yeah, he he's been looking excellent for Seattle. Um, definitely, and he's definitely one of the stronger players out of the MLS that we can definitely see in Burlhalter's A squad come uh, next year. I got you. Well, since we wrapped up the MLS playoffs, let's take it into that uh that roster against El Salvador on December December ninth, which is filled with MLS talent. Yeah, uh, you know, last time I want to kick we... off the keepers and. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did that. And, you know, last episode when we talked about, like, you know, our five players we wanted to see, uh, all, you know, so four of my five players made it, and it's only because their teams lost. Uh, like like we were saying, if they lose, they're going to be there if they win. Um, and, you know, it were shockers. We did not expect Orlando to lose. Definitely not expect uh, the Union to lose. But now with the Union losing, Mark McKenzie's in there, Brandon Aronson's in there, and then obviously you got the two Orlando guys. But yeah, we'll, we'll uh, with the roster, we can, you know, start with the keepers. I know um, you have the veteran keeper, uh, Bill Hamid, who I, you know, expect him to get the start um, and most likely get the playing time. Uh, do you want to go over the other two keepers we have? Yeah, on the roster? Um, so the I kind of made a little shout to David Ochoa, thinking that he was going to get a call at some point uh, soon. Yep. Uh, and he got his well-deserved call. He's on cap. He's very young out of Real Salt Lake. And then mm-hmm. we've got CJ Dos Santos out of Benfica. Um, so another – uh, relatively young, talented keeper. Another talented player that's playing over in Portugal um, is probably going to remain uncapped. But I think uh, if somebody, if Bill Hamid doesn't start, it would be Ochoa. But you know, like you said, Bill Hamid is the experienced veteran. 
veteran who has seven caps. Um, so that's obviously not a lot. Uh, we'll obviously uh, we'll go through the rest of this roster, and you guys will see that there is not a lot of caps uh, total on this roster at all. Um, you know, there's 11 players who are uncapped, and there is a fair amount who have only played one. Um, so we'll we'll bring that in uh, into perspective a little bit later. Uh, but going into defenders, uh, what do you think of this uh, defender squad? There's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a look about what eight or nine defenders yeah, like eight. Got eight defenders that got named to this roster um there's some names that people do know so aaron long uh we know him from the united states national team players he's been there before um walker zimmerman we know him he's been there before um but after those two um yeah like mark mckenzie and sam vines have played a match before yeah they both uh, played in that game in february so yeah. they were both they both played that match in february against uh what costa rica i think it was mm -hmm. against uh on february but yeah, other than that, I mean, it, it's all new guys. Um, Kyle Duncan out of New York Red Bulls, Marco Farfan out of Portland Timbers. A Peruvian uh, Marco Farfan, who has decided to play for the U.S. national team. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's like another dual national. And I think Burlhalter needs to start getting credit for this. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of dual nationals that mm -hmm. he is he's recruiting and he's trying to get them to this national team. And it's just great to see them come in um, and be able to get a chance to play. Sam Bynes, excellent uh, left back for Colorado, Colorado Rapids. Uh, predict him to get the start at left back. Mark McKenzie, uh, obviously he he's doing excellent. He was um the other uh, center center back for the the team of the year for the MLS beside Walker Zimmerman. So you pretty much got the two best center backs on this roster in Walker Zimmerman and Mark mm -hmm. McKenzie out of the Philadelphia Union. Um, and then who? Who do we uh, leave out? I think there's one more from the yeah, Galaxy. We got, uh, yeah, well, we've got Pineda, from, um, who we haven't named, and then um, Julian Araujo from the Galaxy. Yeah. So I think Araujo might end up getting one of the starting wingback positions. Yeah, uh, I believe he plays a little bit of left back, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he plays left back for the Galaxy. Um, potentially see Vines on the right side. But yeah, the, the defense, if you take out Long and Zimmerman, I mean, this 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 squad is is uh really you know brand new pretty much and you know two guys have one cap there's what four with no caps that we see so th there's definitely we definitely expect to see some hopefully to see some debuts um in the defensive side um in this match yeah i i totally agree well <laughs> it's not a long list but uh honestly the the midfield is probably where we're set up the best against uh el salvador here don't you think yeah um Three three guys that you know we expected. Um, so you got Sebastian Legit, who's going to be the one player to actually be able to play in all three of these matches because he was the one MLS player that got included in the November games. Uh, so Sebastian, he's back. Kellen Acosta, people remember him. He's now with the Colorado Rapids. He used to be with FC Dallas. Um, so Kellen Acosta with 23 caps. He's in there. Obviously, you have Brendan Aronson, Philadelphia Union losing in the playoffs. So he's there just along with Mark McKenzie. Um, obviously, he will be going over to Europe in, in uh, January to go to Salzburg. And then uh, Cole Bassett, he's had a breakout year with the Colorado Rapids this year. He was uh, on that 22 under 22 list for the MLS, and it's great. Uh, this will be his first call up to the national team, and uh, we should, you know, expect him to, you know, if he's not starting, at least get a substitute into that second half. Yeah, and honestly, that's where most of our experience and big talent lays. Uh, Legette obviously just uh, just played in two matches, and he's going to play in this one, I would think. Uh, with five names, we know who's going to play. Um, and if mm -hmm. any subs happen, you can see all five of these players playing that um, in that match. Yeah. 
week. Yeah, if we if we had to go starting midfield, I would say Lejet gets to start at Cam, and you'll have Aronson and Ocosta as the holding mids, and then potentially see Cole Basket and uh, last guy uh, FC Cincinnati Frankie. Yeah, my, yeah, I think that uh, that that ends up being a really yeah, a really good setup to control them. Yeah, out. it would be his first cap too. Same thing with Cole Basset. I mean, they they would be both looking for their first cap uh, coming in in the midfield. Yeah, so where there's a lot of uncapped uh, talent sitting, our, our attack. I'm most excited for it. Yeah, this is what yeah. I'm most excited for. So we've got Io Akinola, Efrain Alvarez, 18 year old out of the galaxy. Um, your boy. Daryl DK. He had dual national. Uh, he could he is another one. Mexico. That's, that's yeah. another dual national. Berhalter's recruited. So you've got Daryl DK and Chris Mueller. All four of the six attackers that we're bringing are uncapped. So obviously, people are uh, these players are going to get their first opportunities to play for the United States men's national team. Yeah, it, it's definitely great to see um, four four of these guys. You know, they're going to be battling out to see who's getting the caps, who's going to be able to start at striker. I will say probably the best story about this roster for me is Paul Ariola. Uh, obviously, he's coming off an ACL territory where he's literally missed nine to ten months of soccer. He literally just came back for D.C. United like, like last month, had his mm-hmm. first game back. And now for him to be able to get called up to this national team roster, I know he must be feeling uh, real happy about that. Yeah, it's it's well deserved. You know, he's um coming back as you said from that ACL tear. Play and he's uh pro- he's the most capped player on this roster with uh 33 caps and he's got five goals. Um, so he brings a really good veteran presence to a bunch of guys who don't know what it's like to play for this team. Um, and that that brings a really uh really big uh load on his shoulders. And honestly, I could see him maybe captaining this team uh if he gets the start. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely being the most capped player, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, just so I know a, cu- a couple other stats with this roster. Uh, three of these players were named to the 2020 MLS Best 11. Obviously, we talked about Zimmerman and Mark McKenzie, but also uh, Brendan Aronson, the midfielder for the Union. He was also named to that roster, so there's three of them. Um, they all, all, you know, they appeared, all three of them appeared in that Costa Rica win on February 1st against 2020. They also said uh, the other players that are on this roster that were there were Paul Ariola, Bill Hamid, Sebastian Legette, Aaron Long, and Sam Vines. Mm-hmm. So that you know that's a solid seven players that were there in February yeah. together to where they are familiar with each yeah. other. And that's awesome. Um, and so it, it's great to see because not a lot of these players are new to the squad; they haven't played with each other. Um, but there's a good mix of guys who have been there before, have played with each other. So it's kind of the same with that roster we had in November with the Europe-based uh, squad tour. We had a bunch of new guys, but we still had a good core nucleus of guys who have been there who have played together to um, help these new guys uh, learn the system. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, I kind of just want to get your thoughts on on something really quick here. This roster, um, could it be something that we're seeing in uh, World Cup qualifiers or in um, all these upcoming matches that we haven't? And, you know, when we started this podcast, we were five or six months away, and now we're two or three months away from these matches coming in in February and in March. And we don't know what COVID's going to look like. We don't know how easy those players over in Europe can come to the United States. Um, and, you know, do they risk not being able to play in Champions League uh, quarterfinals or Champions League round of, uh, round of 16 games to come over and play a game against Panama or play po- Costa Rica or Mexico? Um, it, I'm thinking that we might end up seeing pretty heavy MLS squads for, um, for all of those kind of matches. Yeah, especially with how many competitions are going to be are taking place next year or the next calendar year, we can definitely see some MLS heavy squads. Um, 
and I think this game is gonna. I think this game is gonna mean mean a lot of you know coming into the squads because uh, this is an MLS heavy squad, and we can expect that the better players um, during this match are gonna be getting more call ups come next mm-hmm. year uh, towards the games. What I'm most excited for is to see who gets to start at striker. Um, obviously, you got Daryl DK out of Orlando City, who's been excellent all season, and then Io Akinoe out of Toronto FC, who's also been excellent this year. And uh, both of those uh, guys are going to be in that competition for the number nine position um, with the guys in Europe like Josh Sargent, like Sebastian Soto, Nicholas Giacchini. I mean, the number nine, uh, our number nine roster, our pool is is pretty. I mean, we have good depth. You know, we we don't have that like solid number one who's way ahead of people, but we have a lot of young talent that mm-hmm. potentially within the next two to three years, someone someone is going to pull away from everybody else and prove to be the true starter at number nine. Yeah. But it, it's just great because we have a lot of depth right now and a lot of young talent. Yeah, that we could potentially and, see. and this is what happens with missing with all first with COVID and with missing the last World Cup is that we're out of spot where we haven't played that many competitive matches in the last year and a half or two years. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got spots that are kind of up for grabs. We had our long, uh, you know, long time Altidore, Dempsey, Landon Donovan, all these players who were mm-hmm. kind of just holding that position for a while. Michael Bradley also. Michael Bradley. Yep. Um, and now these guys are in their th- like mid to late thirties. They're not playing for the national team anymore. So all nope. of these spots are all of a sudden open. Um, and, and we can say, earn it. Yeah, and another thing, Toronto is out of the playoffs, and guess what? No, Michael Bradley, no Josie yeah. Altidore. So I know that's a lot of people are excited about that. I was going to bring uh, bring something like that up. Uh, are there any players that, besides those two, obviously, that um, you thought might get on this roster and didn't? I know I've got two in mind. Sean Johnson, I don't know why he's not here. Um, I'm really high up on him, obviously, being an NYCFC fan, and he's played several mm-hmm. matches for the United States national team. And yeah. also the, the 16-year-old winger out of, the, out of LAFC, Christian Torres, is a, has a, you know, can play for either Mexico or the United States. Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe he's too young to get called. Yeah, and, and, and I have a, a similar one, Caden Clark, the midfielder out of New York Red Bulls, who's – Kind of in the same boat. He's only 17, and maybe that's the reason for both of them being so young. They're only 16 and 17. Maybe it was like, look, they're, they're going to have their chances to join the squad, give them another year or two, wait till they're 18, 19, let them, you know, mature more, let their bodies grow more, let them build yeah. their muscle. But that you makes know. me think if you're starting a playoff game for LAFC and you can't get on this roster, um, but – I can pick players. Same thing with Caden, Caden Clark was starting game and you know he he was getting great minutes uh, for New York yeah. for the New York Red Bulls too. So um, if they're getting minutes start starting minutes for these teams, um, I've got to sit there and say why am why am I not deserving of that spot? But Alvarez yeah. is, or you know, I mean, Paul I mean, Ariola you know, has been injured for a year. He deserves that more than me, kind of thing. And I hope they don't think like that, but they have the right to. Yeah, that, I know, I, and I completely agree. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting, but you know, just for the last thing for this roster, I guess. Uh, do you want to give your prediction for the eleven that uh you will get to see next week? Yeah, I, I think um, Bill Hamid plays. Uh, obviously, being the only one capped, I'd like to see David Ochoa. Um, yep. I think a, out of defense, um, I, I I'd like to see Araujo, Duncan, and uh, Aaron Long, and Mackenzie or Zimmerman get in there. Um, yep. In the mids, I think it's kind of obvious, uh, personally, with uh, you got Kellen Acosta, Aronson, and probably Legit uh, getting those yep. starters. Yeah, I it agree depends with that. On, it depends on how they line up at striker, um, whether they run two of them or 
I, I would like to see two strikers with uh, active yeah, to give them both a chance. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Um, we might see Mueller and DK a little bit of um, interplay between them, and I think Paul, mm-hmm. Paul Ariola obviously plays. Yeah, so um, a goalkeeper on the same with Bill Hamid. The defense, uh, practically the same uh, back line as you. Sam, um, Sam Vines, the one him at left back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two big players I just want to see play and play well and hope you know hopefully they do well and play is you know mark mckenzie and then daryl dk out of orlando city i think those two players out of this whole roster obviously aronson has a big upside but i think those two out of the whole roster have the biggest upside to where they could potentially both be starters for the national team i think mark mckenzie as well mark mckenzie uh so when you're looking at young guys for this national team john brooks is a starting center back he's going to be that number one we're looking for that number two obviously there's talks of chris richards but I think besides Chris Richards, Mark McKenzie is that next young guy to where mm-hmm. he could potentially be that other starting center back role. Um, and there's been a lot of rumors with McKenzie uh, going over the Europe. I heard that he, they did turn down a transfer request. Uh, Celtic tried to uh, get Mark yep. McKenzie, and they turned that down. And and I completely agree. Mark McKenzie is good enough to go to the Bundesliga League and start. Like, yep. He, he I mean, and they're, they're trying to go long to him right now because I think he's going to break that Aronson transfer record when it happens. Yeah, for homegrown talent. Yeah, about and, seven to eight million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I mean, I just think those two have the biggest upside. Daryl DK. I mean, he he's just a a you know a freak of nature. I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of guys built like him. Um, being that tall, that big, knowing how to use his body, pushing people off the ball. Um, I, I, I think they're going to run a one striker. I would like to see Daryl DK. I want to see Chris Mueller in there with him. Obviously, they got the connection from Orlando City. I would love to see him in there with him starting and then uh, being able to see Paul Ariello back for the squad. That would be nice, too. Well, let's, uh, let's close things out with a, a quick uh, Champions League preview for the games coming up uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Yep. Um, so you got Atletico Madrid against Bayern. Uh, I don't think Richards plays. Um, just, you know, that's a way bigger match than he played in last week. If he's mm-hmm. not first off, if he's not really fit, you know. Um, Man City against Porto. Stefan doesn't play. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, and then you've got Ajax Liverpool. We could see a Mendes appearance. I'm not quite sure. Um, and then we've got Wednesday, Chelsea Sevilla. I think this is what Lampard was saving Pulisic for. This is yep. the, you win this game, you're probably going to win the group. Yeah, I would love that. to see Pulisic start in that match. Yeah, it's it's set up for him, I think. Um, Leipzig against Istanbul. Adams just played a full um, a full ninety. They're a lot better than Istanbul, I think. But Adams is one of their better midfielders. They need to make sure they win this game uh, to try and catch up to what PSG and Manchester United are doing in that group, and make sure if they don't win, get first or second, that they are playing in the U- the Europa League and have to come third and send Istanbul out of the tournament. Yeah. So and then uh, three more matches. You've got Dortmund Lazio uh, at three o'clock on Wednesday. Reina didn't start over the weekend in a pretty upsetting loss for Dortmund at home. Um, yeah. I think he obviously plays this one. What do you think there? Definitely, definitely expect that. Um, obviously, Lazio beating Dortmund the first the first go around. I think Dortmund's gonna be looking for revenge and hopefully uh, be able to see uh, a lot of goals coming out of the Dortmund side. I think we'll see a lot of goals out of that match. Period. Lazio plays yeah. really well offensively as well. Uh, Juve against Kiev also at three o'clock. I think um, we do see Wesley McKinney again yeah. in this one. Yeah, I think he gets the start. Obviously, it's a weaker opponent, um, so I think we'll get to see him start in this matchup. If not, definitely see him subbing in that second half and get some quality minutes for Juve. Yeah, and then to close it out, Barcelona Ferenc virus. Do we see Conrad again? I think so. 
I think so. Yeah, especially you know, Conrad if, would probably start on Varen Virus. So we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll start against and him. especially if Barcelona gets ahead and gets like an like a two or three goal lead, and you're winning by three, like going into the 75th minute, why not let the young guy come in there and see what he can do? Also, just a, a last quick note on Conrad: he played excellent for Barcelona to be over the weekend. Yeah, like he he, he had a wonderful goal, and he had one run to where he literally went from their 18 yard box all the way down to the other 18, and he put three people on their butt. Yeah. Like he's starting it, to show it, and he's starting to show some confidence in the B team, and obviously that made him play some uh, in the Champions League over the week. So yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eye open for when the roster drops at two o'clock on Wednesday to maybe see him in the in the starting lineup. I I know I know it sounds big, it sounds like a lot, but Barcelona likes to make history. They like to be in the news and things like that. You start Destin Conrad against a team like Ferenc Virus, why the hell not? Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, but uh, everybody, I hope you, you're able to catch that uh, Seattle-Dallas match tomorrow night. 9.30 is the kickoff time. It should be awesome. We're getting closer to the uh, MLS Cup final, which is uh, about two weeks away, and I can't. Uh, I really just can't wait. I think it's going to be an awesome match no matter who's playing. Uh, but, David, anything to add? No, uh, same, same. I completely agree. Uh, MLS playoffs have been excellent. There's been a lot of surprises, a lot of upsets. There's going to be a lot of more good football to see, and we can't wait for the rest of the playoffs and to see this national team game next week. For sure. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening in. See ya. Bye.